Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. Seek Reality, believe it or not, is coming up on eight years old in June of 2021. It started when someone rang me up out of the blue one day and said, Hey, you have a great face for radio. Well, actually, that's not what he said. What he said was, I think you you ought to be on the radio. And he um, got me started. His name is Cameron Steele, and he heads the Contact Talk Radio Network at ctrnetwork.com. I want to give him a little plug. Cameron got me started, but I have immediately found I love doing this with you each week. And I was recruited then by a bigger network and then a bigger network, and now I've got a cozy home at webtalkradio.net. And actually, I have to say now that one of my greatest joys over the past eight years has been getting to know today's guests and helping you get to know them too. Joining us today for the 13th time are Mikey Morgan and his mother, Carol. Mikey Morgan is, insofar as I've been able to determine, the most spiritually advanced being, other than Jesus, who has ever incarnated inside a body. He had last incarnated in the 1600s, and my understanding is that he had reached the sixth level, the lower part, he thinks, of the sixth level, but now he's much higher because he made what they think in, in the afterlife levels is the ultimate sacrifice. He took a voluntary earth lifetime. He came here in 87, I believe, and then he uh, graduated back home in in 2007. And he did that so that he would have a fresh perspective in the modern day. He wanted to be able to communicate with us with a, a cultural understanding of us on modern terms and also in the voice and with the lovely attitude of a 20 year old, a 21st century 20 year old. So that's who Mikey Morgan is. But he is a very advanced being. He is very near the source. Many young people who have died have communicated through their families. And my my guide tells me not even to read their books because their perspective is of someone who is, you know, of average spiritual development. And they don't know what goes on above their heads. And there's a lot going on above their heads. And and Mikey is one of the only communicators, still individually communicating, that I've ever heard of who can tell us about all of that. That's He loves doing this, um, and I have never, ever heard him make a mistake in hundreds of questions answered. His mother, Carol, is with us today. She's the one who helps him communicate with us. And frankly, um, I think hearing, this is always a special time to talk with the two of them because hearing his answers to, his, to the questions that we ask is such a wonderful treat. Carol and Mikey, welcome. I'm so glad to have you back with us. Thanks, Roberta. It's always fun to be on the show. <laughs> All right. There are a few people who may not have heard of Mikey Morgan. So can you very quickly tell us from your perspective? I mean, you, you, he's your older of two sons. And um, a, a wonderful person from everything I know about him, and of course he would be because he was so spiritually advanced when he was here. And uh, but then he he died, and um, that was not a good time for you. But you now have reconnected with him. Tell us a little bit about that. Mikey uh, was born and raised in Minnesota. 
He was an athletic student or an athletic individual, an average student. And um, he ended up going out to Colorado for college. He got into the business school at Colorado State University. He was very involved out there, had many friends. He was a DJ at one of the popular dance restaurant places there near campus and was very well known for the songs he would play and that the messages that these songs had, which were actually very powerful and laying down a foundation of what he was actually up to. It was snowboarding that brought him out to Colorado. He was a very good snowboarder and uh, enjoyed it very much. In the beginning of his junior year of college, he was involved in an accident with uh, several of his friends in the mountains. It was a SUV rollover uh, on a mountain trail. They weren't going very fast. They figured maybe 15 miles an hour and the truck uh, hit a kind of a boulder that was sticking out on the trail and it jarred the truck and the truck rolled down a small incline and Mikey was killed instantly while everybody else walked away with pretty much minimal to no injuries. And it was a very traumatic um, situation for everybody. Um, It was probably the most difficult gut-wrenching thing I've of pain and misery I've ever gone through, um, having to lose a child. But what followed after was just profound, the, the signs and the dreams that he was giving so many people of to prove that he was still very much alive and still very close. And it just bombarded everybody. And I journaled things for years of what happened to all of us. Um, whether friends would send me, his friends would send me emails and this and that of the signs and dreams that they were having. Two years after his accident, I believe it was, I ended up being one out of seven mothers picked in the United States and Europe area um, for a mother-child retreat that was offered through the Dying to Live Again Foundation with Sally Baldwin, who at the time, I mean, she has passed on, but she was a spiritual medium and she communicated by pendulum and she was offering this retreat, all expenses paid. And I inquired about it. I found out about it through compassionate friends, which is the grief, one of the grief groups for parents who have lost children. And I ended up getting accepted to this. And so I went there and when I got there, you know, she told me the fact that we were all, all forgiving and loving after Mikey's accident, that we didn't hold any blame or resentment uh, as because Mikey was a passenger, his dear friend was the driver, but we never blamed anybody. We didn't hold that kind of anger. And she said, with that and the fact of your relationship with your son, she says, I am telling you, you have the ability to communicate with him and I'm going to show you how. And she told me, you know, that Mikey drove her crazy basically bugging her to be sure that she would pick me and (laughs) I I totally thought she was crazy and but I picked up a pendulum had this little number uh letter disc that we used and I could communicate with them and it progressed from there I practiced uh communicating with him trying to see if I could hear him telepathically, which I can, and then I would confirm with the pendulum, and this just went on and on, and I literally practiced every day, 
And from there, of course, I met you, Roberta, was on afterlifeforums.com, which I still am on. And people from all over ask Mikey questions, and I place the answers on the forum. And that's kind of how the book came about. And that's what brought me here today, basically. I mean, that's kind of how the whole thing started. The, the, the book is called Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. It has more than 100 reviews on Amazon and 4.7 stars. And I know of no other book that can say that. So um, I, it's actually a terrific book. Anyone who's interested in understanding from the viewpoint of the person who has died but, but has, you know, a very high-level perspective, wonder, anyone who wants to understand this stuff, this is the best book you can read to do that. I believe in it completely. That's why we feature it on, on our website, robertagrimes.com. Someday he's going to have his own website. We've bought his name, but that time isn't yet. So we're trying to promote as much as we can, promote Mikey to you because he is the real deal. And I'm very careful about who I say that about, but he's real. And he insisted on the on the title and on the snowboarding picture on the front because he loves to snowboard. And they, of course, are able to do that no problem uh, in the afterlife levels. And he says now he's better than Sean White. I think he's an expert snowboarder. So um, obviously he's still a kid at heart, which I think is so adorable. But Mikey, let's get to the meat of talking about some of the things that Mikey tells you, because that's really gold. I mean, it's coming from someone who really knows. That's so important. So one thing you you were telling me before we got started today was that he's been, been talking about perspective and how important that is. Can you go into that a little more? Sure. So... And this really pertains to a lot what's going on in the world today. Mikey's perspective on a lot of things is different than our perspective. Mikey says the only way we can truly learn something is to live it. And I'll just take a little example of that with myself. I mean, I can, someone can say to me, and this often happened initially after Mikey's accident, they would say to me, I know how you feel, okay? Well, they had never lost a child. So to say that, I mean, they mean well, you know, but do you really know how a person feels if you haven't experienced it? Mikey will say no. You know, you have to live it to truly understand the situation, and then that's what gives you your perspective. Mikey has had numerous, numerous, numerous experiences, and so his perspective is different than maybe some others and of course in the spiritual realms when he's in the afterlife his perspective of what is happening here might be different than how we see it and perceive it here and even between among all of us we unless we live it we don't know it so that's what gives different perspectives and ultimately that's what can create Some of the conflict that we see here on earth is because our opinions, our perspective on something is based on what we have experienced. And really, I don't know if any single one of us has experienced the same exact thing as somebody else. So Mikey's advice always is, you know, you need to be respectful of other people's perspective because how that is developed is through their experiences. And unless you've experienced it, 
You don't know, and that's part of the reason why we come here for our physical journey. I think that's really beautiful and important um, for us to be clear on that because we tend to, all of us, to see the world, to see everything around us because of what we know, you know, what, what, uh, what some people know, what other people, it's all different. In fact, I have read that it is strongly believed that when the first um, uh, ships uh, appeared off the East Coast bringing settlers to the United States in the 1500s, 1600s, very early, they weren't visible to the first uh, uh, Native Americans to see them because they were so outside the, the realm of their experience. I find that hard to believe. But on the other hand, something like that goes on every day with us because we have we live in the midst of spiritual beings, and all of those spiritual beings are right where we are. It's not like they're above us or to the side of us. They're right where we are, but we can't see them. And people can learn to see them, though, just as those Native Americans could have learned to see the Nina Pinta and Santa Maria. But that, that's, it's very important for us to, to be humble about our existing beliefs, which is really what he's saying, because we have so much more to learn if only we'll let go. Descartes said you, you won't learn anything until you forget everything you ever knew and start over, and that's absolutely right. So thank you for that. that is, that's quite brilliant, I must say. So are we ready for some questions, Mikey? Sure, you can bring them on. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, wait, now, I, wait, where did these questions come from? Um, they come from a few places. If you are curious and have a question to ask, Mikey, just send it to me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com, and he will, um, uh, next time he's on, he's going to be on probably four times a year, he will answer the question for you. Uh, many of them are questions that were asked on afterlifeforums.com. That's Afterlife Forum with an S at the end, which um, is now a more than 10-year-old uh, forum with a wealth of information about the afterlife, and um, and he is the the star attraction there. And a third place they've come from very recently is my wonderful engineer Sam Humans asked some questions, and Mikey is going to ask, answer them either this time or next time. So with all of these various sources, including you, um, we're asking him questions that we think you would like to hear answered. So. First question, how would you describe a near-death experience or an NDE, Mikey? So a near-death experience, the, how this can occur, Mikey says, is our soul is attached to our physical body by an energy projection, which is called, or what the, the word they use for it is called the silver cord. And we can literally leave our body and travel outside of our physical body and return to it because of this energy projection or silver silver cord. If the silver cord severs, then death of the body will occur. But if it stays attached, it does the body does not die. Now, what is very important to know with a near death experience that Mikey wants us to understand is the person having it has not really, the physical body is not dead. The silver cord is still intact. And this experience is occurring in astral dimensions, which Mikey describes as communication dimensions 
where we literally can interact with someone else that's in the afterlife. We can see beautiful things that may represent the afterlife. And these can be real. What we're experiencing is real. But Mikey tells me we need to understand that we are not actually in the true afterlife dimensions until the silver cord severs. So with these near-death experiences, I mean, they are magnificent. They're a wonderful thing that is truly happening to the individual, but we are in astral dimensions, in these communication dimensions. And so we come back to our body, and of course we recall these experiences, and this is where you get um, all this information from. And Mikey says it can represent what is real and true in the afterlife dimensions, or it may not, depending upon what that soul was experiencing at the time. It is a true experience, but it is not death of the body. And then having us go back into the body and having it come back to life, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And that's exactly what it took me a lot of research to learn. So once again, he's got a perfect score. He he exactly tells the truth about everything. He knows all this. So, And I have to say, I didn't ask Carol in advance how he had answered that question. He could have put a great deal of egg on my face if he said, oh, well, they get to go to the afterlife and visit around, and then they get reattached to their body. That would have been, that would have ruined my entire life if he had said that. But I trusted <laughs> you enough not to even ask him, ask you what he had said, because Again, he he he's absolutely right, and that was a perfect answer, Mikey. You are such a star. I gotta believe. Oh, anyway. Well, this okay. Is, oh, then, oh, I, what, I'm sorry. What did you? One say? other thing I want to mention is it's Mikey says when the body dies, and the you know the silver cord severs, the body dies. The soul can no longer go back into that body and have that right. dead body come back to life and so um that that's why this near-death experience is the silver cord is absolutely still intact when these things occur and they these experiences can be magnificent and people loved yep. ones from the afterlife can meet us during these experiences so but nobody has, has ever come back to life after actually being in the afterlife and dying except you know there is one guy who did, and I think that when you read that account, the account of his coming back to life, you see that it was a trick, a real trick. Even though he had come from the top of the Godhead, and of course I'm talking about Jesus, reanimating his body was a trick. But we now know from the study of the Shroud of Turin that he did it. He succeeded, and that's an, a story for another day. But um, yeah, the words silver cord are from the Bible. Um, this is something which people were seeing in prehistoric times at some situations because we all go out of our body every, virtually every night. Sometimes we just stay in our bedroom, but we tend to meet with our guides. We have, you know, meet with our loved ones. We take classes. We do all kinds of things with our minds while our bodies sleep and are safely attached to our minds, which could go to the end of the universe and come back. Um, life is much more interesting than most people realize unless they, they've studied this stuff. But, Mikey, you get an A-plus on that answer. That's perfect. So this is a question a lot of people wonder about. Um, when and how does the soul connect to our physical body? 
Someone asked that. So Mikey will tell me and does tell me it's at conception. However, this is the thing. I'm going to I'm going to use an, uh, a separate example. With in vitro, so let's say someone has difficulty getting pregnant and they do this in vitro and they place this fertilized egg into the mother. Mikey tells me until the soul commits and the energy projection of the silver cord embeds into that, it won't take. So, you know, for, for, uh, embryo to begin growing, the, the soul needs to commit and embed the silver cord, their energy projection embeds into, you know, the embryo. And then that's what sustains and gives life to the fetus, to the baby. So Mikey says, if the cord severs during pregnancy, that's when a baby will miscarry, for example. The silver cord is key, and they literally travel back and forth. You know, he says we travel back and forth. We're not just sitting in the in the baby. You know, in the in the, the body, fetus yes, of the baby. in the body. Yes. He says we travel back and forth and communicate and work on what we want to, what our life journey to be, some of our goals of what we would like to experience or whatever with our guides and what have you. But he says what is really important to understand is the baby, the, the embryo will not start growing. There will not be a heartbeat. There, none of this will happen until the soul commits and the silver cord it is, is embedded into the embryo or the fertilized egg or whatever. That's what gives life. That's what sustains our physical earthly shell. And again, when the silver cord then severs, that's when death of the body occurs, whether we're a, a, a fetus, a child, an adult, or whatever. So that is key. But it does, that will not, there will not be growth or whatever, or progression until the soul commits to that um, body or, you know, to the embryo or whatever. So that is what Mikey tells me. And he says the in vitro is the same thing. It will not take. They can implant these fertilized eggs into the mother. And only when the soul commits and the silver cord is embedded will life begin as we know it here on earth. So this is a very important question for today's culture because, of course, a lot of people consider the mother's right to, quote, choose um, to be inviolate. But there is mm -hmm. no difference between a, a fetus in, in a mother and a, and a baby, uh, you know, in someone's arms or even a 42-year-old walking down the street. There is no difference because the only problem is that the fetus needs a few months to be able to live outside the mother. But the fetus is every, much, every bit as much a person. I'll say this again because it is important for people to know. The fetus is every bit as much a person. doesn't have anything else that has to happen other than that they grow to the point where they can live outside the mother's body. So as that becomes better known in this culture, and this is just a heads up for people, 
who are comfortable with abortion. I'm not comfortable with it for a lot of reasons, but and which don't have to do with uh, with anything superstitious. They don't have to do with any religion. They have to do with just the facts. That's a person in there, just a tiny one. And also, there is a time when you can choose, and that time is before you conceive the child. After that, you've got a few months to commit to rearing the child to the point where you can give it to someone who will love it and raise it as a as a child. Um, I don't. Th- I think that as I started to say, as our culture is made more aware of this fact, people who are championing abortion today are going to be seen in the future, hundred years, two hundred years. Just the way we look back and we see the slaveholders, because they didn't think that they were bothering with people who were real people either, did they? But history right, I mean, has shown that, that they are real people. Those babies in the mother's womb are real people. So everyone, make your own decisions accordingly. I'm not going to be moralistic. It's up to you what you do. But do it with that knowledge and do it, do it that, with the knowledge that as soon as you get home, after this life, you are going to know the truth and you're going to go... And also, by the way, there's another thing, Carol, let me just say this. Um, in reading early 20th century um, uh, communications with people who had recently died, there was one woman who somehow back then was managed to do four abortions in the, you know, like in, in the 1910s, maybe coat hangers, I have no idea, but she had done four abortions. And she was stunned when she first talked to her family afterwards. She said she was met by these four beautiful young people who greeted her and called her mom and had, had watched over her for her entire, the entire rest of her life. Those were those four aborted fetuses. And if you want that to happen to you, then go ahead and have the abortion. But they'll be there. They'll be grown up. They'll love you to pieces, and they'll make you feel like crap. I'm sorry to, to say a bad word. We can bleep that. But, uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Well, Mikey says it's, all, it's always harder for the parent than for the one, than for the the infant or the fetus that was aborted because Mikey said you know this soul commits to this body right and he says there's a lot of work that comes into planning to to come here and it's he says it's just that we just don't pop in and show up he says there's work here I mean we sit down and plan out what we would like to experience and then that is taken away from that soul at least for that moment but he says it's yes. when the mother comes back or the people that, you know, that are involved come back and they realize this. He says they're the ones that feel pretty darn horrible versus actually right. the one that was aborted because they, again, have a different perspective from where they're at and whatever. But, you know, yes. a lot of work comes into this to come here. Key you know? word. Yes, perspective. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's important very oh, oh so somebody somebody driving a car somewhere is saying well what but they're they're tiny what happens do they just pop to be big no they don't they actually as he says and this is another question which we'll ask Mikey for next time um, there's a tremendous amount of effort that they put into getting ready to preparing to enter a fetus and they don't immediately pop to be adult when they get back even though they may have had a hundred lifetimes uh, but they grow up there usually in a few earth years. And usually, um, well, sometimes with a with a relative from the from the life that they didn't get to live, and sometimes with uh, in a group home. And I've heard about these group homes. There was one someone who communicated very early part of the 20th century, and he was bitter because he'd had a horrible, hard scrabble childhood. I mean, those were not easy times for people to live who were not were not rich. 
and maybe he died in 1900, 1910, something. And he was bitter when he first spoke to his family. He said he, he was meeting people who had grown up there, and they were so happy. They had such a perfect childhood, and he wishes he had died. This is so sad to say. He, he wishes he had died, wished then that he had died as a baby and hadn't had to go through what he had to go through. Of course, he grew up and, you know, learned lessons those kids didn't get to learn because they were taken, the life was taken from them before they were born. But this is a topic we could talk about for hours. I'm sorry, I'm I'm sort of, it's important to me, so I kind of got off track. But anyway, uh, back to you, kid. Is there anything more that you'd like to say about the soul connecting to the body? Well, you know, it's just, it's again, it's that energy projection from our soul, you know, our con- you know, our our soul is our mind, consciousness, energy. What I mean, you know, there's all different yes. terms you can use for it, basically. But it is that projection, you know. And even in, I have heard people talking. Now I'm backing up a little bit about the near death experiences. They talk about where they they see these people floating on, you know, like on a silver cord, right? The one who's actually yes. ex- having the experience have yes. this cord with them right and so it's this it's an important piece i mean that is key and once that is there that mikey says is what gives life and it is at conception so as soon as you know when growth starts what is giving that um embryo or i don't even know what the initial term is for for when yes, they're very right. very in the very beginning but zygote. anyway i think it's a zygote is that what I, it is um i'm not but sure anyways, that's the first one but um for that body to start growing and developing inside the mom the soul has to commit so i mean it doesn't just grow on its own the soul has to commit and so again with in vitro, that's what makes it whether it's going to take or not in the mother. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, if if a child is stillborn and they can't find a reason for it, but it was a full-term or close to full-term child, that's probably a time when circumstances had changed in the life the child was about to live and um, the, the experiences he or she needed were not going to happen, so he just chose to abort that that life and start right. with another life. Um, right. Yeah, fascinating. This is such fascinating stuff. All right, here's the third one. How do synchronicities occur, or are they just coincidences? Well, I don't think anything's a coincidence anymore. But <laughs> no, Mikey we're told will that. We're actually told that. <laughs> right. You know, Mikey will say all these synchronicities are real. I mean, literally, it can be orchestrated from... Well, really, they're all around us. So if Mikey wants something to happen, it will happen. It's no different than how the communication ability with me started. What had to occur for me to be able to meet this woman, this Sally Baldwin, who told me I had this ability, it was just incredible, the synchronicities of events. And Mikey says it can be the guides of all these different individual people along the line that are guiding this along to make this happen. And they, again, can do this because they are in a dimension where there is no time. There's no rules of time where there's sequence and all of that and like we have here. And that's what makes it so easy for them to plug things in here because we are in a linear uh, you know, time is linear. It's 
where they are not. So they can literally plug in things that have these synchronicities occur just as they need to to get the job done, basically, whether it's to learn something or have us to have a certain experience or whatever. So it is not a coincidence. And this can be very orchestrated from guides or loved ones from the afterlife. And they are not far. They are literally all around us. We just can't see them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that one of the things that that my guide does, if um, something is stressing me, is he makes sure that I don't look at my my uh, the clock on my computer until it's exactly three numbers in a row that are the same number, two two twenty two, three three three, four forty four, and uh, you can't catch it. Try everybody, try to catch it. You can't catch a digital a time you know a series just spontaneously. I've tried. But your guide, if you're so, if you're seeing a lot of time series and people tell me that they do, uh, that's your guide. He, he or she is just giving you a pat on the back and a hug. That's just what that is. And there was a great one in in Flying High in Spirit. I think it wasn't long after he had transitioned. Um, you and and your younger son and and your husband were were driving um, into the mountains. And um, I think you were listening to Rocky Mountain High, something like that. And um, as when it ended, uh, when the song ended, then the announcer said, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. Now, anyone who is my age knows that those are the words from a, like, 1970 serial commercial. But um, so Mikey was able to make it all work out. So some, he, this guy randomly, who was, was the announcer, randomly used the words from that old serial commercial on the air at the same time. All of you were saying that Mikey must like this too. Do you remember that? It was like amazing. Yes, I, I do. I and, and Rocky Mountain High was by John Denver was one of the big songs he would always play as we went up to Copper Mountain for skiing and snowboarding. And so it was very significant, you know. It, <laughs> yes, that was uh, that's a big <laughs> synchronicity for you right there. Yeah, but, but he's I, very we, good we at it. Pre- oh my goodness, yes. We've asked him how it is. That when you go into an elevator or you enter a store, the music will be playing the same 30-year-old, 20-year-old song that was play- that you danced to at your wedding or something, something very significant to you. And he says because time is not real where they are, they can do they, they can make that happen. I don't understand how. Neither none of us do. But that he says that's how it is. Those songs can play. It's not a coincidence. That's a, that's a true synchronicity. And kind of amazing and wonderful. It's like a hug from your loved one. Yeah, they. Are, I mean, I'll tell you the the signs and all the crazy stuff that went on uh, saved us all. And you know, many sure. people have these experiences, but they don't like to talk about them because they think someone will think they're crazy. But then, yeah, but when you get into the subject, all of a sudden, people will tell stories. You know, it's really amazing how often this occurs. I believe that by the time we reach the age of maybe 50, we've all had these experiences, or maybe there are a few left who are about to. And you're right. People don't want you stepping on their, their what they know is true and disparaging them. And so, therefore, only if they trust that you will appreciate what they're telling you, will, will anyone tell you these. You, but the people all around you have had these things happen to them, some of them a lot. 
I know that because I hear from them all the time. They they email me. Um, that's lovely. I, let's see. We have time for one more, but if it's if we don't quite finish it, then we're going to need to finish it next time. Um, okay. This, this is one from from my dear engineer Sam. He says he's curious about aliens. What's their relationship to us? And while it appears they do exist, why is it such a secret? So they do exist, whether you use the term aliens or extraterrestrials. Mikey says they are spiritual entities of a different type of soul group. They are, too, also part of the source. So that is kind of how the relationship is to us. They are part of the source. Now, if we understand the whole thing about all these dimensions and everything that's literally all around us and everything is based on energy and vibration, this Mikey says they are not flying in from a planet in this same dimension. What is yeah. occurring is he says it is interdimensional travel. So they will literally all of a sudden appear and then disappear just as quickly. And how that happens is when their vibration matches close to what is occurring in in our dimension so where the their vibration matches up similar to our dimensions vibration all of a sudden we can see them okay and they will seem real and solid to us you know because of how they're vibrating how their energy is when they alter that vibration then that's how they vanish just as quickly so you know wow. people will think well they're flying in from mars or venus or wherever Mikey says, no, they are not flying in, in a spaceship from a planet in this same dimension. They are interdimensional travelers. And they, that's how they <laughs> just literally appear and disappear just as quickly. Um, and they, you know, they are, Mikey says there's good entities and there's more negative entities, just like there's good, you know, there's positive and negative here and everywhere. You know, I mean, there's negative stuff as well as there's positive. You're loving, you know, so, but he says they're curious. You know, they can be curious. Um, they can try to, you know, want to help or, you know, um, but he says they do remain more secretive. And I asked him, why is that? And he says, it is understood, you know, though everybody's, there are entities, you know, that are trying to help us here in this dimension. But he says, this is the thing. We come to earth to progress ourselves spiritually. And it is understood that, you know, though we are guided some way along the line, we are making our free will choices here because that is right. how we ultimately progress ourselves. So if we get too much influence or whatever, then we're not really, you know, we're not using our true free will choice. Does that make sense? And so he says, you know, sometimes they'll try to help us or and our guides try to keep us on track. But ultimately, the goal here is for us to have these experiences and for us to make our choices. So um, that's how, you know, whether we're positive, loving or negative or whatever, that's ultimately what progresses us spiritually. And that's why, again, it's so important to be loving and kind is because Positive is the way to be because, you know, the more loving and positive and the higher our vibration is, 
when we transition back to the afterlife, the more elaborate our reality is. And so that's part of the drive of why we come here in the first place is for that reason. So, but they are part of the source. Again, he got 100,000% on that. That's a great answer. Um, I, because I've been doing this for 50 years and picked up, have picked up as much as I could, um, there are some interesting tidbits I can add. Uh, one is we are told that the vibration of this planet is so negative at this point that there are baddies, very bad uh, uh, inter, inter, interterrestrial, extraterrestrial beings who are literally milking us for negativity, causing negative things to happen so that they'll they'll be able to harvest fear, anger, hatred, and so on. And to prevent that, there's a class of of perfected beings, people uh, whose planet is now empty because every single person of of that species of a being has become so perfected they no longer need to come to, to a planet anymore. And they're called Arcturians. They could be called anything. It doesn't matter. But um, there was a, they, with their purpose is to keep the baddies away, to protect us as, as we have inter, inter, intensive care, perhaps you might call it, to raise our vibrations rapidly enough that we will again be able to fight off the negative entities. And they come and, and stay here in what are called cloaked spaceships. Lord, I don't know what's going on, but they're very apparently very large, but they're cloaked so we can't see them, except sometimes. Anyone who's been paying attention will know that um, there, has, there have been some pictures of a triangular ship uh, or ships uh, that, have, that have been in the news that no one can explain what they are. Well, I'll tell you what they are. Those are the Arcturian motherships. They're triangular. So how's that for for weird? So because we're being so carefully protected, we really don't need to be afraid. There is no, nobody is going to harm us. We are very much protected and loved. But in the, the effort being put into it has to be more extreme just because things are really much worse here than we realize. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, we don't have time for any more questions, but we'll have you back again in a few months, Carol. I hope that'll be okay. Oh, that's fine. No problem. So everyone, Mikey's book is Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. And with almost no promotion, it has 113 reviews on Amazon as of today and 4.7 stars. I defy you to find another controversial book, which this is very controversial, of course, because it's here's a, here's a dead high-level being who is talking to us in a book, and he did write every word of that book through his mother. Um, That's unheard of. And I hear from people sometimes who say they think I had something to do with it because it's on my website. And they just rave about what, and it is a wonderful book. And anybody who's afraid of death, let Mikey show you what it's really like because he talks about his own death in some detail and how it happened. And I think you'll find his book tremendously, not just comforting, but enjoyable. It reads like candy. It's a lot of fun because he's really a wonderful writer. Carol, what do you hope and and what does Mikey hope for people to get from today? I think, well, you know, a couple things, I guess, is, uh, again, the importance, especially now with all the what's going on here in the world today, that if we can be loving and respectful of everybody's different perspectives, that maybe we can find some harmony. Because if we don't judge others in that regard, it'll make life a lot easier. I mean, 
perspective again is based on experiences and he just keeps pushing this at me because he says if people just would respect where everybody else is coming from you know that that could soften some of this constant conflict and negativity and yeah. so we we need to again keep that in mind try to be positive be kind to one another, whether it's just a smile when you walk by a stranger, but to be respected because everybody's experiences are different. Whether it's someone who's homeless of a different color, someone who lives, you know, up north versus lives down south in the warm weather. I mean, everybody's experiences are different and that's what gives us our perspective. And if we understand that and be respectful of that, maybe less ultimate negativity can occur here. You know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of tough nowadays, you know, it it is very tough, but um, each of us has the opportunity to change our heart. And as you say, um, understand, recognize that each of us is an eternal being just having this temporary little experience on earth. And uh, that, Carol, thank you. You have been so good today. Thank you so much. And Mikey, as always, you're a star of stage screen and eternal life. It's just wonderful. So glad to know you both. Okay, so this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you were with us today. I love doing this. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest is going to be Mike Anthony, and he has written a book with his father, which doesn't sound special, except that Dad had died before they even started writing the book. It's really a delightful book. It's called Love, Dad, How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't, A Skeptic's Proof There Is Life After Death. This is really a delightful book, and it's almost required reading, I think, for people who aren't yet quite sure their own lives really are eternal. So please join us next week and find some further comfort and food for your spirit. And, of course, this week we've been enjoying a visit with Mikey and Carol Morgan. They've been with us for the 13th time. And other than Jesus, I really think it's true that Mikey is the highest vibration being who ever has entered a body on earth. He did this, you know, almost 400 years, around 400 years after his 1600s lifetime, and he did it purely so he could do exactly what he did today and give us more information that is really the truth about the afterlife and about so many other things from his much better perspective, to use the word word of the day. Like so many of the most elevated beings, he was worried about us. And like nobody else, actually, apparently, he decided to do something very specific about it. And my own guide, Thomas, tells me that because what he did was so extraordinary, he's now at the upper level of the sixth level. He'll be able to to accept um, reunion with, with the source uh, probably before long. And he'll hate me for saying that. I'm sorry, Mikey. He's very modest, but he needs to be modest. What he did was the most extraordinary thing uh, that I've ever seen anyone do, actually. And um, it's just wonderful that he's our special friend. And he and his mother come and help us, gladly help us to learn more of which about what's really going on. So um, I 
think that if you have any concerns about anything that's related to what we talk about here, read A Young Snowboarder's Account of His Ride Through Heaven, Flying High in Spirit. It's the best account of the afterlife, frankly, from the viewpoint of the afterlife that, that is in print. I'm confident of that. And it's really a lot of fun to read. As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon, The Fun of Loving Jesus. And I'm told now by Thomas I'll probably be next spring. So um, he's a, it's, been, it's been ready for two years to go to print. He hasn't allowed it. He's timing it with some other things, and he never explains the details. But um, but, but it'll come out eventually. And there's soon going to be another uh, children's book, if, once I get around to writing it. The, the illustrations are all done. All of these books are available through Amazon and through bookstores, and the adult books are available also as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books or if you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Just make sure to give me your right email address because I will answer you. It will take a few days, but I will. You can find past episodes going back for eight years uh, on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many other places. I'm told now that that Seek Reality is available really wherever you can get uh, podcasts in, in volume. There's also a, a, an app, and that app um, is, is available in the iTunes store for free, and it will get, just get you all of the episodes uh, so you don't have to, have to even think about it. So we've come to the end of our time, and meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.